uh, now we'll transition back into some disciplinary uh, areas. Hanno, it's time for you to discipline some things that you are seeing that you have had enough of. What have you ha had enough of? You, you've seen it in April. You don't want to see this anymore in May. No, but we saw it at the end of May at second base. What was the count and who was up? And Tom April. Murphy gets picked off at second base. Break it down yeah. for me. It's zero to zero. No runs. It's scoreless. There are runners on at first and second. There are two outs. Tom Murphy is on second base with two outs. With two outs, with Julio up to bat, and unfortunately, he gets picked off second base. I, so okay, but picked. let's let's talk about this real quick. I'm sorry, let okay. me jump in because it's really thank you. This, this it, was it's your... a big deal. Uh, the count was three and zero, correct? <laughs> the count was. I was getting to that part. Okay, but, okay. I but now that sure. you're up, now that you're up out of your seat, get back up here, get close to the screen again. If you want to tell you, get up. You take this is your segment. It's let me let me start you up. It's three and zero. It's two outs. He's on second. Murphy's on second base. You have Julio at the plate. You have the hottest hitter around, Jared Kelnick, on deck, and you get picked off. Well, at three and zero, why are you why are you so far off the base anyway? I mean, you're sleeping on the bags. It's just it's incredible that that happened. Uh, For yeah. the fifth time this year, I believe. Yeah, we've had five pickoffs, and I want to say three of them. I know for a fact two of them are at second base, but I want to say three of them might be at second base. So we had five pickoffs in the month of April. Well, it's five and 28 games. So about once a week, you're having a, a collapse on the bases that are just elementary and, you know, basic baseball. I mean, it's just, it's so frustrating, especially with the situation of a tight ball game late. You get your first guy in scoring position. You know, you got your, your best young hitter up 3-0 count. Maybe you're going to green light him. Maybe you're not. Maybe they walk and maybe they don't. And then they got the hottest hitter on the Mariners this year coming up next. I mean, it's just so painful how that all happened when you say. Yes. And in, in that entire scenario, the entire scenario and – it's a little different when, you know, we'll go to the week before. Not making an excuse for him, but Eugenio Suarez gets picked off second base on a 3-2 count by also somebody that is a former Cy Young who's a really, really good pitcher that now, after the fact, with what we know, I have seen videos made up of how brilliant of a of a of a play this was by by him by the pitcher with the pitch clock manipulation this was a completely different scenario but i will say both of these games we ended up losing the game by one run so you're telling me even though it's a different scenario that you can excuse that a guy was picked off at a base being a major league player I cannot excuse it. Okay, I cannot good, excuse. Good. I don't excuse it. I just think there's different levels to each of these. There's yeah, a different, okay. there's a different level. Like, like remind me the pitcher's name for Milwaukee, who was the former Cy Young. Oh yeah. He pitched game one. Let me think. Uh, 
Starts with a B. Um, Burn Corbin Burns, excuse me. Corbin Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns obviously knows what he's doing. I've watched, I've watched. If you want to watch a breakdown of this, go to the watch the pitching ninja. It, it was it was it was great. I'm not excusing it for happening. It was a three-two pitch, you know, the pause. It, he he got tricked. I'm sure all of these guys got tricked. But in this game that happened on the 3-0 pitch, you would assume for the most part that he's taking. Maybe Julio has the green light, but it, the green light doesn't mean that you're going to swing. Um, I don't know. It, it, was, it was bad, especially when you're having a hard time scoring runs in general for this to happen. Oh, yeah. It was just, you know, if you watch the game, you could see that Alejandro Kirk gave the sign when he dropped the glove down, the pitcher spun and throw, and by that time they have it timed perfectly with the second baseman nabs Murphy easily. I mean, he just fell asleep. That just can't happen. I mean, great play and great call by Toronto and their catcher, but, man, that stung. That just zapped everything out of him. The Ams lost that game 1-0. You know, it just on comes the other... back to sloppy baseball that the Mariners have played yes. for the for the you know first twenty eight games of the year. Yes, we won on Sunday. Uh, we won game three. Great comeback. Desperation wins are always great wins. This could be a turn it around win. That remains to be seen. But I am having a problem with what's going on with first base when. Ty France can't play first base and you know, Ty France deserves a day off. And you know what? He probably, he takes a lot of wear and tear. We've seen this over the season, you know, last year we brilliantly went out and got Carlos Santana. He did, you know, a lot of uh, filling in that void at first base. Also what he does in the locker room and, and not to mention all the clutch hitting he did for us. We, he's gone. They let him go. Um, we got to see Sam Haggerty play first base. Uh, in games two and three with Toronto. And this is an attack on Sam Haggerty. He's not on the team to be a first baseman. But having him out there at first base, uh, his uh, inexperience really reared its head there in game three. We saw um, you know, a, a ground ball to him, and the, him and Marco couldn't figure it out. Uh, you know, PFPs. You know, I don't know how many PFP drills he's taken down in uh, – spring training um and then also there was a dig uh you know on a rushed throw on on a great play by jp you know you can't assume that the first baseman's always going to dig that ball out of the dirt but there's certain hops and digs that you know even somebody like vogelback or 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 mike ford are going to do and that's just from them being first baseman and and taking so many reps there that i don't really i'm not trying to bag on a Haggerty that's not his spot but uh, the responsibility on that is definitely with the front office and how they put this team together yeah I mean I agree with you there I mean I think let me try to defend the Mariners here even though I don't like to um you know they're probably thinking hey we're gonna have Dylan Moore he'll be able to slide over there and of course Tommy Listella but you know he's been hurt and has not played one you know inning in the field uh, the times he's been up to up to the up to bat, he's been horrendous. Only a handful of hits. So, 
I mean, I think that's the reason. So, you know, Sam Haggerty's athletic enough and has played infield where they figure they could throw him in. And I agree. And I don't think you're being malicious. It's just frustrating. And it, you know, it, it's reflective on the lack of depth of this team. So I'm with you there. Uh, that was a tough one. You know, the PFP was Sam Haggerty, but uh, injuries, you know, and why is Listella still on this team if he brings nothing to it? I mean, there's just a lot of questions still here. Yeah, and I well, listen, I never thought I'd be saying this, but hey, <laughs> you got somebody like Mike Ford that's down in Triple A killing it. Who's he's he's a player who's you know he's he's too good for the minor leagues, and it's not a. I'm not saying like it's not a bad idea to have him there waiting and having having him around, but he's he's hitting the ball well, and he's he's not going to hurt you too bad defensively. At first, he's not going to bring you nothing back big, but he's not a a huge liability over there for one day. And 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 look, Sam Haggerty is an athletic guy; he can play all kinds of positions. It's I just feel like when you're playing first base. And that's what you've done, and you're a savant at that. Like, why not bring somebody up like that, especially when the team isn't hitting? I just, when you bring up La Stella, uh, you know, not to be malicious there, but like, if I saw, you know, a move where La Stella goes down or gets DFA, I don't know what his contract's like, but, and you see Mike Ford come up, would you be upset with that? No, but I, you know, I think the Mariners are looking at it this way that it, Mike Ford would be in the same thing as uh, Tommy Lastella. You know, if you bring him up and then you, you know, try to send him back down, he has to go through waivers. And you know how many times he was claimed last year, like four yeah. or five times by a bunch of different teams. So you would expect that. So, uh, you know, with Ty France just being an extra day, yeah, that day off for just maintenance and then the second day off for being under the weather. So uh, hopefully it won't be too big of a thing. But, you know, you know, yeah, these right. things during games. So in back to back games without Ty France, you know, it was evident that you didn't really have a backup plan. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe I'm overreacting about that, but it's just, you know, when these things are happening out there. And, you know, even with like pinch hitting and everything there, like you said, the lack of depth, there's nobody that comes up that you're like, oh shit, you know, on the other team that we bring in. And it goes back to, you know, something I was listening to San Andreer. And even though I don't like to give Mike Salk too much credit, he, he, you know, him asking the the Mariners last year, like, what do you, why would you not bring Carlos Santana back? And we've talked about that this on here where we were okay with him not coming back and very thankful for what he did when we were under the impression that we were going to improve and get something even better that worked better for the Mariners at the DH position specifically, but also somebody that can go in and give somebody a day off in the field that did not happen. And unfortunately we don't have Carlos Santana and not only what Carlos Santana brings in that situation, but also in clutch and also what he brings in, in the, in the locker room. And apparently there was a team meeting um, 
on Saturday after Saturday's game. And apparently it was one person talking, but it seems like nobody will give answers that it was Scott service, which I'm fine with. It's just the, it just, it just really just is bothering me. And especially, you know, I know winning is going to, you know, solve all of all of these feelings. If that starts to happen, but it just kind of, it is this thing of like, gosh, if you didn't, if you didn't really have a plan or an answer or somebody wanted to bring in to do this, I don't know why you'd let him go. And I know that they say that they want to rotate this DH spot to give guys day offs. And Shannon Dreyer was on there, uh, was talking about like, yes, this makes sense that you do this, but you're only going to do this. What? Like 30, maybe 40 times a year. What are you going to do for the hundred plus games? And even let's even get a little bit more, you know, liberal with that and go, let's just say you do that for 60 or 80 games. What are you going to do the other half of the times? You can't just throw Hummels and Listellas and not to knock Sam Haggerty, a Haggerty in there at DH. It's like, you got to have somebody to hit. And I think what we're seeing here this first month kind of like backs all that up. Well, yeah, you, to me, you hit it right on the head with your first comments where you said, Hey, the Mariners decided they're not going to go with Carlos Santana. This means they're going to, you know, try to upgrade that position and get somebody, you know, he wasn't a horrible player. He wasn't, a, but he was a very serviceable, good player. So you're thinking, Oh, they're going to upgrade and get somebody to, uh, you know, take the next step with this team. And, uh, that absolutely didn't happen. So it's frustrating. And the guys that they filled up with are guys that most of the fan base knew weren't going to cut it. And they haven't. I, you know, insult to injury, but I'm looking over here. He's hitting 276. He's got 14 runs, 16 RBIs, 786 OPS, slugging 429, uh, on base percentage of 357. He's only got two home runs yet, but it's early. And look, but he's got 98 at bats. Yeah, and what did, what did he sign for him? One year, seven million, something like that. Something not too crazy. I think Basically he's on a, an AJ Pollock uh, kind of contract. Yeah, he's got Pittsburgh Pirates. He's uh, six million six. He's on a one year deal, six point seven million dollars. Yeah, I didn't break the bank, but. Uh... Yeah, when you're absolutely dead last in the Major League Baseball and DH numbers, I mean, you're going to be asking these questions. Yeah, I, and the thing with him was, look, he and I even felt this way with Nelson Cruz, and it's not, again, when I say this, it's not to say like, hey, we were just going to get these guys. It was a foregone conclusion. There's other things that we don't know, whether it's the players picking places, but I would think Carlos Santana would want to come back here. I would think Nelson Cruz would even want to come back here. And it's like these guys are, are, you know, up there in age a bit. Uh, Nelson Cruz a bit more, obviously, but they're going to have days off too. It's not like somebody you have to put out there every single day. And with Carlos Santana, he doesn't hurt you at first base. And he hits from both sides of the plate, not to mention his clutch, not to mention that he's played in these big games in the postseason. Um, I don't feel like 6.7 is too much. And being a team leader, that really is a thing. And maybe, and this is what they were kind of talking about today on um, Sales Sports, was like maybe the reason that, you know, 
service has got to be the guy to stand there and say all this because you really don't have anybody, a veteran like that in the locker room too much that's there. I guess you could look at Pollock or you could look at some of the other Mariners on the team. But I mean, Carlos Santana was, was known and documented to be this person too. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking out loud here, but these guys, you know, that you mentioned Pollock, I mean, he's first year on the team, been there 28 games. I can only see that coming from a player like a JP Crawford or even a Ty yeah. France. The rest of the guys are just too young and, you know, haven't been around the club enough. I mean, I'm sure guys would listen to Julio, but he's not ready to take that step quite yet. But I do feel that he could speak if he wanted to. But, uh, yeah, it makes sense that Scott Service would be the one talking this early on in the season. Yeah, and again, none of this is confirmed. This is all speculation, uh, even speculation on our parts of like what needs to happen. But it's the beginning of May. But I would say, but by the end of this month, if things aren't turned around, I think you will see something. I think you will see a move. And you said it earlier too. It's a little. It's too early for these other teams. It's too early for another team to be like, hey, this is we're going about this the wrong way or we're going in this direction. You're going to need 50 plus games before you're going to see any of these, you know, at least the players of the, of impact that are going to be available from other clubs. Yeah. I mean, it's early. It's frustrating, you know, that we aren't playing as good and, you know, we've had another slow start like we did last year. So, I mean, yeah, I just want to get it turned around a little quicker so they don't have to, you know, fight so hard at the middle to end of the year to get in. And especially yeah. with injuries, it's going to be twice as hard this year. I know. We love the chase. Don't get me wrong, but come on. Let's lead yeah. the race. And luckily in our division, nobody's ran away with it right now. We can make up some ground here. We're going into Oakland. Obviously, I feel like we should at least win two of three here. And then, hey, we got – then it's, you know what, time to answer the bell. You, you, got the, you got the team that, you know, ended everything for you last year, the Houston Astros. And I think one other thing they said on, on the show today that um, Shannon Dreher was talking about, it's like, hey, it's – and she was uh, – getting this, I can't remember the person that she was talking to, somebody in Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania, it's Pennsylvania or Philly writer where they were like, you know, the hardest thing to do sometimes is, you know, with teams that made it to the playoffs the year before, like what, what's the problem? Is it the hitting, the pitching? It's, it's the fact that you feel like the job's not done. And that was a big part of their campaign at the beginning of this, but it's hard to pick up and go and you're just going to pick up from where you left off and that's that's where you're going it's like no you're starting back at zero so sometimes that's hard for these teams we've seen lots of teams that make the playoffs early with these teams where they've maybe butted a little bit early and then the next year kind of have a little bit of a step back and hopefully that's not happening with the mariners uh i think this this win was big i want to I want to say this would have felt much, 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 much more awful to uh, get swept and to, you know, we were in a scenario where we were going to have five games in a row that they lost by one run. And it, the Mariners turned that around and hopefully they're going to turn that around and 
in May, we got the Oakland A's. Like I said, we can get off to a good running start with them. One would think.